Hello friends, my name is James Hawkins Jones, and as always I'm joined by my good friends Brian Castiglione and Anthony Alessino, as well as my younger brother, Jack Hawkins Jones. On this show we're all about parlays, overs, unders, spreads, and money lines. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Parlay What up, guys? We're going to get you back to the show as soon as possible. I promise you that. But before we can do that, we have to make sure that all of our listeners are looking good and feeling better this fall with Saatchi De Dinero. October 14th, Saatchi is releasing their fall 2022 collection. You want a hoodie that's nice and comfortable. You can wear it out when you're running errands. You can wear it out to the bar. You can wear it maybe when you're going to pick up a date. Whatever you want to do this fall, Saatchi's got you covered. These hoodies, they're pre-shrunk. And it's an oversized fit. So basically what that means is you're going to want to grab one size down from what you would normally wear and you're going to be perfect. You normally a large, grab a medium. Normally a medium, you want to grab a small. It's very simple, very lightweight, very comfortable. We got a promo code for you. The promo code HAVOC, H-A-V-O-C, going to get you 10% off of your total purchase at checkout. SachiDDenero.com is where you want to go for that. Sachi Di Denaro, always authentic, never counterfeit. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Parlez-Vous podcast. Just literal minutes after we got out of the studio on Tuesday, we were absolutely, I don't want to use a word that has a, like, I was going to say floored, but I feel like floored might have a positive connotation to it. Devastated. Devastated with the news of the passing of Jamin Pugh, affectionately known as Jay Briscoe. If you are anything above an elementary school grade casual wrestling fan, you've at least heard of the Briscoe brothers. Mm -hmm. With Ring of Honor since 2002, since its inception, inaugural members of the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame, Jay and his brother Mark Briscoe, 13-time Ring of Honor champions, passed away, unfortunately, in a car accident Tuesday, 5.30 p.m., the report was that a driver from oncoming traffic swerved into their lane, head-on collision. Both drivers, unfortunately, passed away. Jay was with his daughters who were rushed into the hospital into surgery, and I believe are in stable but critical condition as we speak. But, you know, just I feel like it's just blow after blow to the wrestling community lately. It's just tra- it's just it's a tragedy. It's a, really what it is. It's a tragedy. 38 he was? 38 years old. Yeah, he's too young. And the day Wednesday, yesterday, was Mark's 38th birthday. Yeah. So the day after that happens. Tragic said, we're going to miss you. I mean, I've only seen probably the last three-year run of them, like live. You know, but I, we always heard about the Briscoes. But we're, we all know, if you're a wrestling fan, you know that from 2001 pretty much to 2015... It was WWE or Bust in America. I mean, Impact had their little cup of coffee there where some people would be into it. Well, the people that don't know about them, they are niche we'll call it. You could just... They're gully as fuck, dude. Yeah, they're gully as fuck. Missing teeth. They're hicks from Delaware. Do You you don't know what these guys look like, do you? Yeah, Google the Briscoe brothers. They're... 
something else, man. But great in the ring. Unbelievable. If you want to you wanna watch, I mean, obviously recency bias here, but go watch any of the, the FTR trilogy that they put on yeah. over the course of the of last course. two years. Of course. Great. I think they all got five stars or better. Um, here's where we're going to have to now turn up the heat, though, in this situation. AEW has Dynamite Wednesday night. So for those who may not be aware, Brian, uh, specifically, you just looked up what they looked like, right? So from pretty much the word go, definitely from the day Tony Khan announced the purchase of Ring of Honor, at the time would have been, uh, was it Warner Media at the time? Warner Brothers Media, yeah. Yeah, Warner, yeah, Warner Brothers, Warner, and Brothers Warner Media. Well, that's I'm saying because yeah, yeah, yeah. Discovery bought them yeah. after the fact. Warner Media said you cannot put the Briscoe Brothers on on T- TBS or TNT on our TV. They wouldn't let them. I originally thought it was I thought it was because of their persona and the way that they looked and the way that they carried themselves. Yeah. Turns out the reason that Jay Briscoe was blackballed by them essentially and canceled was nine, ten years ago. So he's 38 years old. So he was 28, around our age, 28, 29. Mm-hmm. He'd put out a tweet, a homophobic tweet. I never saw the tweet. I don't know what he said. Okay. But time and time again since then, he has atoned for it. He's apologized for it. He's changed. Right. Guys who are Effie specifically, who is a prominent member of the independent wrestling pro scene and also the LGBTQ community. We'll go to war for this guy and defend him and tell people that they don't know Jay and everything. And everybody would defend him. So the company that banned Jay Briscoe from being on TV, they also turned around to Tony Khan on Wednesday night and said, you can't do a Jay Briscoe memorial show on Dynamite. So what did Tony Khan do? He spoke to the arena. He spoke. They shot it after they shot Rampage. They shot a Jay Briscoe memorial show that will go on the Honor Club app and on YouTube for free at a later date. So this is the company. Not the same. This is the company, though, that won't fire Ezra Miller. No matter what, Ezra Miller is still cast as the Flash. They will not fire him and recast, I'm sorry, them, and recast Ezra Miller as the Flash. Ezra Miller, what did he do? I see you're confused. What did, I'm sorry, what did they do? I don't want to keep misgendering them. Ezra Miller is um, non-binary. What did Ezra Miller do? Ah, uh, you know, everything from simple assault to being the leader of a cult, to grooming. These are all things that he's being investigated for and accused of and charged in some cases. He's a piece of shit. They are a piece of shit, dude. But we won't fire him. But Jay Briscoe, who made one simple mistake 10 years ago, we can't even honor the man's fucking life on TV, on our platform. It's hypocritical. It's Bush League. It's nonsense to me. And I think it's a shame. Other than if you watched Dynamite last night, several guys, mostly notable Ring of Honor guys. Yeah, I saw it. We're all wearing Jay Briscoe armbands. Other than that, they put up a graphic before the show started, in loving memory of Jamin Pugh. Other than that, we almost... I mean, they talked about it. They did a good job of talking about it. And then also Shawn Michaels and whoever else is on the WWE NXT crew because they went on Tuesday. Like as the news broke, NXT was going live. They did. They they had, you know did a nice little. I don't want to say segment, but they paid their respects and you know shouted him out. Mm-hmm. We could not even get a ten bell salute. Yeah, really. Now I don't do I don't know if they did it before they went on the air, but we could not even get a ten bell salute. Doesn't matter, the dude. There's fucking fifteen thousand people in the stadium max. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So for the fifteen thousand, it's for the viewers at home. It's not just it's not just about the fifteen thousand people there. You know what I mean? It, it is bush league, and it's not right. And whatever, it, it's not. It, it's yeah, just. It's weird that something so I don't want to say I don't want to like I, I want to pull I, I I'm trying to find the tweet. It seems very minute. Before to be I honest, before like, I say it is minute, I, I I would like to see the tweet. But let, yeah, let's but just if say like atones for it and apologizes multiple times over, and then there's people vouching for them. At some point, you kind of it could have been vile and vulgar. What I saw was he thought he was taking a stand for his religious beliefs. So it was about it was about I'm gay sure, marriage. I'm sure there was some use of the. It was F about word gay marriage. No, it was about gay marriage, and the day before he posted it, he used a fan's gay pride flag as a weapon during a match, a no holds barred match. All right. Mm. So now we can't salute the guy I mean, in his we're death. Kind of reaching on that. Wild, wild, bro, wild. The, and but the, like, if you're saying that you're, these are all things that Ezra Miller is doing actively like this is the the simple assault shit only goes like 18 months back like this is shit that's actively being happening you're telling me that people can't change and people can't get better and and change their perspective and be better humans what are we doing here this is just about cancel culture in general okay there it was here it is here's the tweet ready is there anything that... Here's a tweet. Real simple. Really? The Flash? No, Ezra Miller? The Flash? In Justice League? Well, you don't do superhero movies. He's an actor. So are they an actor? Also, the Harry Potter, the Fantastic Beast movies they're in. Gotcha. Okay, here, here, here it goes. Simple. Not about gay marriage. I don't know how they pulled that, but this is what it is. This is the tweet. Damn, there are a lot of fags out in New York today. Hashtag <laughs> what the fuck at the gay pride parade. <laughs> I mean, come on! <laughs> God damn, dude. <laughs> that's what we're. That's what we're not putting a man on TV for. <laughs> that's not allowed to sign him to a contract, dude. <laughs> that's a little fucking wild. I thought it was gonna be much more vulgar than that. That's honestly kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, and, and like, then later you gotta think said, about it too, because like, again, you don't know. They're straight up as like as hick as you can get yeah, from so. farmers in Delaware. Like, yeah. As and then they asked him after that tweet back then. Do you believe in gay marriage? And he says, no, my religion doesn't yeah, believe in gay marriage. Do, people say that but, shit all the time. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's going to – it's just it, – it is what it is, man. It really is. Rest in peace to a really good one, a really, really good one. And the way everybody talks about him, I think you can tell a lot about a person by, like, the way people respond. Obviously, oh, it's horrible in tragic – you know, in tragedy. Mm-hmm. But, like, you hear about the other wrestlers and how they're, like – it's Seth, not, it's, Seth Rollins said, "Without without Jay Briscoe, there wouldn't have been a Tyler Black, and without a Tyler Black, there wouldn't have been a Seth Rollins." Right. There's but got, like things like, like that. So it's not like it's not like damn R.I.P. Bro. It's like for anybody who knows Jay, they, like it's like a, everybody long paragraphs writing. He was the Family Guy. He was this. He was that. He was this. And you know, it just whatever. It, it fucking keeps happening everywhere. Not just wrestling. These untimely deaths, and it's we, insanity. We just went through this with the DeMar Hamlin situation where we were saying how not, you know, most people don't get to see how loved they are and, and how no. much people care about them until it's too late. And DeMar was lucky enough to turn it around and see that situation. But a lot of, you know, there's just not enough of this. You, we should see more of this for no reason. It's also, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? It's also like, impossible for us to, like, let's take football, for instance. It's also impossible for us to watch the game Saturday. and like view it in that light 
because you just you can't view things like that. It's only like after the fact where you're like, oh, I should have appreciated it more. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can't even even something that has nothing to do with death. Like make it really easy for you. Like LeBron James. Let's just use him, right? Like how great he is for as long as he's been, and we just kind of watch him and we're just like, hey, that's like LeBron James. But when there's no more LeBron James, yeah. we'll be saying to our kids like, nah, you don't understand like how my our parents are with Jordan, like. Yeah. So even in a not death situation, it's always like you can't appreciate the current until something happens where you're like, "Wow, I should have appreciated the current." Right. And that's just that's just how it is with every facet of life, really. But are we good? Because this is yeah, sad. man. R- rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. <laughs> this is sad. Very sad. We're gonna the, the wanna, community's gonna miss you. We're gonna do Jets. I want to do Giants really quick. I have just two funny things to say. That's it. Uh, Justin Tuck tweeted. Yeah, I saw this. I didn't see this. I can feel it coming in the air Saturday night. Oh Lord. Oh God. And then, uh, it makes me nervous. Tweeted New York Giants, and then fans got the um the Madden player adjustment rating hotline, and they have been spamming it. And when you call, they ask you like, "Who's the player you think should be updated or whatever?" And they've been calling. Daniel Jones. And they've been riding for Danny Dimes. For they said speed. everybody they said everybody spam the hotline and get him to 99 for the next update. So they they are they're hijacking Madden the way Jets fans hijacked the Pepsi Zero Sugar Rookie of the Week award. So so uh, put him to 99. So anyway, you know, what is his overall in Madden? Right oh my god, like 78. Eight, yeah. Is it that well? I don't even know. It's uh, it's pretty I don't low. have Madden 23, so I don't know. And uh also at Giants practice today, they are um, they had a interviewer. You know the interview questions that they have. Yeah. The question was, "Who is him?" Oh, I just watched this. <laughs> so a lot of fun. Still got to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, definitely still have to get the job. Looking done. forward to it, and let, this is basically the last thing we'll say till we make our bets. But I I feel pretty good. But we'll go to we'll go to yeah nothing right you have nothing. I'm good. All I'm right. Trying to stay away from the hype and just no enjoy it. Just enjoy get to it. Saturday. Who cares? Get dude? to Saturday. Saturday. Who cares at this point? Enjoy it. Blow out or not, who cares? Dude, really? I'll I'll say this before we get to the Jets. Because if we win, I don't know what to do. That's basically what. Yeah, I'm gonna go nuclear. To I'm gonna go <laughs> nuclear. I'm <laughs> listening to fucking. Uh, I thought I was excited last week. Now I'm going to borrow Jimmy's sunglasses. Concentrated I'm concentrated. I'm going to borrow Jimmy's sunglasses. Way over our heads. I'm going to be anxious, dude. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. If the Cowboys somehow stun the 49ers and the Giants stun the Eagles, dude. I'm going to be not only anxious, I'm going to be uncomfortable. The whole week, I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be like doing this the whole is, week. Like, I woke up Sunday with the Vikings. And we got chest pains. And I was like, this is exciting, dude. Win, lose, no matter what happens, this is great. Then they won. And, like, and now fuck. this week, I'm like, we need to beat the Eagles. Like, I'm not excited. I'm just like, we need to beat the Eagles. And and, and you got Connor. If we beat the Eagles now, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we, where we go from there. Because now we're probably versing the 49ers. Yeah, definitely. You, you, we all become Cowboys fans on Sunday. Cowboys. That's what happens. What happens is if the Giants beat the Eagles is we all become Cowboys fans on Sunday, dude. Quick little fun little thing on the Giants before we move into the f- goddamn Jets. <laughs> um, DiPietro and Rothenberg yesterday morning on my way to work. Guys are calling in, mostly talking about the game and the time slot of the game. This fella calls in. He says, all right, guys, I need some advice. I'm ho- like, he- hear me out. Listen to my situation. It's like, so Saturday night I have like the daddy-daughter sweetheart dance. With my daughter. Dave Rothenberg goes, she'll understand, dude. Don't go. 
It's like, don't go. She'll get it. And Rick goes, <laughs> how old's your daughter? It's like, um, she's 12. He's like, ah, oh, nah, dude. Uh, I don't know. They're like, how long's the dance? They're like, oh, it's from 7 to 10 or whatever. It's like, all right, maybe you, talk, you try to explain to your daughter the situation. Like, ah, oh, we'll go. Oh, was 6 to 10. Go from 6 to, yeah, 8 o'clock, and then we got to leave. 6 to 7.45, and then we got to leave. And he's like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it's this whole big thing. It's like a wedding. It's like at a hall with a dance floor and a dinner and the whole thing. And he goes, nah, man, you can't do it. You got to spend time with your daughter. And Rothenberg goes, nah, dude, she's old enough to understand. She'll get it. Just tell her we're not going. There'll be more. We can't do it. The Giants are playing the Eagles. It's the playoffs. And Di Pietro goes, nah, it's just right there, Dave. He's like, it's just right there. She's 12. She's old enough to understand that you're telling her you're picking the Giants over her. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, and you will never live this down for that. I'm telling you, dude, just fucking... Hope that's what the guy said. Hopefully, like at the bar, they'll have the game on. And Di Pietro was like, "You can't do that either, dude. Like, you can't be there but absent the whole time. Like, it's he's like, not he's the like Super your Super Bowl, bro. He goes, your best shot is to get on get on board with all the dads there that are Giants fans Word. and just all agree we're not going to look up the score or any updates and stay off of your phone and tape the game and go watch it when you get home. That's your best bet." So this is the kind of, you know, six years and these Giants fans are ready to fucking have a strange relationship with their daughters, dude. Try 12. <laughs> Try 12, dude. I'd fucking cut off my left pinky for fucking a Jets wildcard loss at this point. <laughs> you joking me? So speaking of the goddamn Jets, Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic released an article today. I, I'm not an athletic subscriber. Brian's not an athletic subscriber. Are you? Sorry, The Athletic. You're not getting your $2 a month here. But when these articles break on The Athletic, the gist of it is released. And the gist of it was, one, Michael Floor was not high on Zach Wilson, didn't believe he fit the system. Two, in the offseason between 2021 and 2022, Michael Floor was verbally telling members of the team that Josh Johnson... Joe Flacco and Mike White all performed significantly better than Zach Wilson and that he didn't think Zach Wilson was any good. Followed up with in that at week six, week seven, mid-October, spat on the field. Elijah Moore told Michael Floor to go fuck yourself and called him a loser. All right? So there's some, ta some stuff to unpack here. Number one. <laughs> Was Michael Floor hired before or after the 2021 draft? Before. Before. Was Michael Floor at Zach Wilson's pro day? Yes. I just assume you don't. You might not know the answers, but I'm leading you the, down. I a mean, I'm path. not. You know, I'm. I could figure. Michael, it out. did Michael Floor essentially sign off on Zach Wilson? I would say yeah. I would assume so. <laughs> now he's not your guy. Now he's not your guy. Now he doesn't fit this. Did the system change? Between the pro day and now, did the system change between draft night and now? Do you what is Zach Wilson good at in college? Do you know what Zach Wilson was good at in college? No. Play oh, action, yeah, play action, play action throw rollouts, throw on the run, the deep ball, huge arm strength, off schedule plays. What is Michael Floor run? That would be the West Coast offense, which is capitalizes on none of that, dude. 
The West Coast offense capitalizes on precisely zero of what Zach Wilson is good at. Michael Ford's entire system is about attacking the short and intermediate levels of the field and having a good run game, and everything is a timing throw. Everything is a one, two, three, this guy's there, the ball's got to be there at that moment no matter what. That's a lot of processing for any quarterback, let alone a quarterback from a non-Power 5 school who all of his strengths were based on schoolyard football, quote-unquote. Not doing anything to help the guy. I, to me, the reason Michael Ford should have been the guy to go from especially looking at it from hindsight now, you have a system, you have a guy that blatantly doesn't fit that system, and then you're trying to just jam a square peg into a round hole. The best coaches in this league, are they married to the system, or do they get the best out of their players? They get the best out of the players. We talk about it all the time. Tom Brady's run in, in New England. What system did they run? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was three. It was three different systems they ran while Tom Brady was there. They ran a power eye, run-heavy offense when Tom was first there. Yeah. Then they got Randy Moss and Wes Welker, and they went four-wide shotgun all the fucking time. Then they get Gronk and Hernandez, and it's two 12 personnel, two tight ends, a lot of running the ball, play action, getting the tight ends involved. Three different offensive schemes, so to speak, that Tom Brady played in, based on the players that Bill and the offensive staff had to go off of. Right. Any coach, to me, any coach in the NFL, John Harbaugh, Greg Roman, they come in. Lamar Jackson's going to be the guy. We're going to design an entire offense that hasn't been run in the NFL in 30, 40 years. Right around him. For the mo- like, the, the, a lot of the options, three tight end, run two running back personnel, where receivers don't eat, tight ends and running backs crush it in the Greg Roman scheme. Greg Roman did just get fired today for whatever that's worth. This brings me to the next side of it, which is somewhere that I've always been leaning for the most part. Maybe it's not all Zach's fault. If you got a coach that's setting him up for fucking failure this way. The other thing that was reported during the, uh, not during this report, like since between the end of the season and now, is that I already said it. Michael Ford calls the plays from the booth. There's nobody down there to, to be on the sideline with Zach during the games. Michael Ford kept Zach Wilson at an arm's length at all times, kept him at bay, gave him the tough love treatment. He needed a mentor, whether it's going to be the offensive coordinator or a quarterback there. You know, Like we said, you don't bring in Joe Flacco until halfway through the year last year. He got there. So who do you have to mentor him? Mike White, who's been a practice squad guy and cut from the Cowboys, and fucking Luke Falk, who's on six different teams, practice squads. There was no mentor there. The, the whole thing, it's an organizational failure. The, the way that, I mean, sometimes a guy just sucks, right? Sometimes he might have sucked no matter what, but the team didn't do anything to help the process out here. So ultimately, there was going to be a scapegoat. There was going to be someone who took, who bit the bullet, and it, had to be Michael Fuller, and I think this report so what if I tell kind you, of just What if I told you it's that. without a doubt 100%? What if I spoke in absolutes and I said it's 100% an organizational failure? It is a 100% an organizational failure. And what failure. if I was able to 100% prove that beyond any reasonable doubt? I feel like I'm in the, a court now, right? Hmm. By, saying, <laughs> by saying Sam Darnold, Geno Smith. Done. It's not just a one-off. Right. This has been... Legitimate consistencies throughout. We saw that Gino. I'm not saying he's world beating. I'm not saying he's all pro. He can play football. 
Starter in the league. Couldn't yeah. do it on the Jets. Could definitely do it elsewhere. Even Sam Darnold. I know he was hurt and things like yeah. that, but we saw a flash of this guy and say, wow, you know, he can do it. Couldn't do it on the Jets for some reason. So it's fucking weird to me <laughs> that Zach Wilson can't do it right now, but sure shit, you know? They move on from him. <laughs> Dude, if, I, if you're an outside organization and you're like, huh, let me put the things together and... Uh, Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, no, we'll take, we'll take, we'll take, uh, we'll take uh, Zach Wilson from you. Get, we want, we want picks, and we want this. We, you know, we're we're eating him. We're eating his salary, kind of thing. And then they'll be like, no, nah, we'll work with you. We'll give you a mentor. We'll do it the right way, yeah. and and he'll throw for three thousand yards. So Mike White comes in week twelve against the Bears, right? Yeah. Because everyone, every all, all that we keep hearing all over the place is this team's a quarterback away. Uh, an average quarterback to beat the teams that they need to beat, and they would have been fine, right? Beat Chicago, who's picking number one in the draft, worst team in the league this Woo! year, as I predicted. Come in next week against Minnesota, lose 27-22 against a team who's been one of the worst defenses all year, right? Beatable team. Yeah. Negative Five, point differential. Then they come into Buffalo, and they get beat up by Buffalo. That's a full, full uh, Buffalo team, right? Then he comes back to yeah, Seattle. Then he comes back to Seattle. What happened in Seattle? Mike White was one and four as a starter. Should have won at least three of those four. Oh, I'm sorry, one and three as a starter. Should have won at least two of those three games that they lost. Right? If if this is the case, if if all we need is an average quarterback, Seattle's one of the teams on paper is a team that we should have beat. Right. When you talk about beating the teams we gotta beat, that was a team they should have beat. You could argue Jacksonville's another one of those teams, but that was the Zach yeah, Wilson circus. The if you think about it. Right, but Seattle's out if the Jets beat them. Right. Seattle's out yeah, if the Jets yeah, beat them. True. It's over for Seattle at that point. Right. There's another bad defense. Yeah. And, then and, Green, then, and then the Lions are in, so fuck the Jets because the Lions right. would have been sick. Yeah, so <laughs> He's like, yeah. I guess the point I'm trying to bring here is that fucking this is much deeper than just Zach Wilson. It's the point I've been making. Now, I'm not, it seems like I think my opinion, if Lamar's there, you go get him. If he's available, I don't think he's going to be available. Not the way they're down today. If they trade for Derek Carr, it's like a price point issue here, right? It's a price point deal. What's the price going to be to get Derek Carr on top of paying him his average of $33 million a year for the next three years? To me, trading for Derek Carr is a desperation play. They're worried about keeping Sal and JD are worried about keeping their jobs past 2023. Mm-hmm. If it's not one of those two, we got to pay the man anyway. He's not leaving the team. He's on the Jets roster next year because he's got a a huge guaranteed dead money hit whether you trade him, cut him, or keep him. So why the fuck don't you keep him on the roster? He's going to be on the roster next year. Not a doubt about it in my mind. Just keep him and see where this thing goes. Bring in a vet. Sign Mike White. Bring in a vet. I'm not saying he's got to be the day one starter. Bring in a guy. uh, Bring in an offensive coordinator who believes in him. Right. 100%. Let's start there. Let's start with bringing, like, dude, look, I wholeheartedly, I am not saying that Brian Dable looks at at at, at uh, Daniel Jones as the guy. I'm not saying that. But I know for a fact when he got hired, he was like, I can work with this. Yeah. He wasn't like, this is bullshit, and you know what I mean? Like, he, cause he came in and said, I can work with this. And he but worked you, with it. But if but, you don't like it, then you just don't take that job. Or or you just don't take that job, right. you know what I mean? So uh, if you're if you're if you're Robert Sally, you should be like, listen, I need an offensive coordinator. 
I need someone who's going to mentor Zach, who wants to work with Zach. Zach's going to be the guy. I need him on the field. I don't need you calling plays in the booth. I need you present. Yeah. I need you. I don't need you to coddle him, but I need you to give him love, not tough love. Real. Like I need direction. Yeah. Like come on. And if and if if you interview six people and five people get up and walk out, then the sixth person's your guy. Unless it's the Daniel Hackett, then it's not your guy. <laughs> then you go with that one. So. I mean, I agree with everything that you said. Right? I don't know. But I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, if that's the guy or whatever. Whoever's the guy, we'll get to that when we get there. God. A lot of dysfunction took place in the Jets behind the scenes that Rob Sala did a very good job taking care of that we don't hear about most of this until now. One. Two, if this article has much truth to it, it seems like a lot of this dysfunction is rooted in Mike LaFleur, right? Because if, if Elijah Moore... Who wanted a trade and everyone said it's because Zach sucks. Well, he's telling them he didn't call Zach a fucking loser. He didn't right. tell he didn't tell Zach to go fuck himself. He's yelling at Michael Floor for his use and for his lack of targets. If you're a quarterback, a young quarterback in the league, who's had not a lot of success, especially in your rookie year, after just 13 games in the offseason, it's coming back to you that the coach is talking bad about you. Presumably through the rest of the regular season, he's talking about how, you know, give me Mike White, give me Flacco, we're going to be doing better off. By the time you get to that first Patriots game, and now all of a sudden the team's five and whatever, five and three, five and two, whatever they were at the time, it's almost like Zach Wilson was playing scared, playing afraid to make a mistake, because he knew if he made they were that his leader, the guy steering the ship offensively was looking for any reason to get rid of him. Yeah. Forget about that football, forget about sports. In any aspect of life, if the one guy who's supposed to have your back is just looking for a reason to give him an easy out to get rid of you, what, when is that ever a drawn, drawn success? As a business owner, refuse, huh? if you had a fucking guy working for you who, and he knew that you were just looking for him to fuck up, looking for him to give you any excuse to fire him, do you think he's going to give you his best work going forward? No. Knowing that he's always looking over his shoulder? No. He's going to wind up making a fucking silly mistake reading a measuring tape because he's so, cause if it's not precise to the 32nd, he's going to get fired. Right. It's the same situation here where, I mean, again, he could just suck. But all I'm saying is if I know that I have a, a one fuck up before my career could be over, I'm not going to be thinking about Garrett Wilson yeah. or Denzel Mims who just broke free down the field. That's right. the difference. I'm going to be thinking about I got to force this fucking short wheel route into the running back and wind up putting it three feet in the dirt in front of the guy. Because That's... we watched a guy. We don't often get to see a guy develop the yips on television every week the way we saw Zach Wilson develop wild. the fucking yips this year. It's pretty wild. And now with this report, it all kind of lines up. It's where... pretty wild to watch somebody – Receive the yips, dude. It's kind of crazy. And the and it was like I gotta credit Michael Floor for. I mean, everything was there for people to turn on Zach Wilson. Small school, small bodied guy, um, the milf hunter gimmick, like you went on about a couple of weeks ago. And another thing, which I don't even know if you guys know, everyone talks about the offensive line play at BYU, right? And how he had good offensive line play. Do you know why? Because the majority of students who go to BYU who are Latter-day Saints, members of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, Mormons, they all go on their fucking, they all have to take a mission at some point. They all go on their mission out of fucking high school, then come back two years later and go to BYU. So most of these linemen are 24, 25 years old playing against 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. So that's why his offensive line play was so good. But this is part of the reason 
that fucking oh people right away oh well he had grown men playing offensive line for him in college so that's part of the reason that he had success now i don't uh, now it's kind of like the scales tipping back the other way either way we're gonna find out about it let's get into these games and how we did last right, week I, did anybody i just really quick did anybody watch the Boston with the boys with derrick henry I, I saw clips. I didn't really did it with the clips. Oh That's my god, cool, fantastic! I with saw the, some clips yeah. with the college. That's yeah, talking about the Big Ten versus the SEC. No, he's like, yo, is there? They're like, Will Compton goes, yo, what's the difference between uh, college and and uh, you know what's the mo- the biggest question you get asked? He goes, what's the difference between college and, and the pros? Is there a big difference? <laughs> and he goes, what do you think? And Derek Henry looks at Will like this, like Will Compton. He's like. It's a hundred percent different, yeah. dude. Yeah. He's like, it's not even close. He's like, the game is so fast, it's not even close. He goes, you're out of your mind. And then they got into a fight about the SEC. But that's what I'm saying. I don't the remember game who it was, but speeds up. I was listening to a football podcast, and this is a very simple way to explain it. But the guy was like, he was like, just imagine in your school, there's that one guy who's a star, and he's all county, and he's all American, and he's gonna go all the way, and he's the best person in the whole entire like county. He's like. Now picture every single person on that team had that story, and they're all together playing the same game right now. He's like, "That is what's yeah. going on." At the Basically, at, 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 every fuck, every single person that came out of your hometown as a star is that person yeah. on the field, probably. Yeah. <laughs> every like, every fucking guy on an NFL fifty-three man roster is the best guy to ever play football in their town, ever. Yeah. Ever. Best guy, you know, best guy ever. We have one from fuck from our community, Sachem, Jumbo Elliott. People still fucking talk about Jumbo Elliott. What the one guy ever from our town? Best guy happened to be a guy it's that so played wild, for the Jets and dude. Giants. You know what but I mean? like Alabama, even Alabama and all these great schools, like yeah, they're great schools. Out of the fifty-three of that are in that school, only what five, six go on to be legitimate NFL players, like that 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 see the field. You know what I mean? And that's from the greatest school. It's Georgia just went on a dominant two-year run. They had five guys drafted in the first round last year. I think like 10 drafted total. Yeah. This year, four to six guys drafted in the first round again, maybe 12 total. There's a hundred and some odd guys on a college roster. So the best, most dominant team that we've seen since like the earlier Saban days from like 10, 15 years mm-hmm. ago, only fucking... What what's that five percent of the roster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a fucking anomaly that we have this many pro guys on Wild. one team. Wow, crazy! All right, here we go. So you want to review the bets first last week? Yeah, yeah. Do last week's bets. We came into the week up four hundred and twenty-eight dollars. Okay, Anthony, how we do? All right. So we had uh, anytime touchdowns for Kittle, number eighteen, Isaiah Hodges, and Chase. Chase and number eighteen came through. Kittle did not. It was one hundred and fifty to win. Two thousand three hundred ninety, but it didn't cash, so we're down one one fifty. Next, we had the Giants money line, the Jags money line, and the Buccaneers money line. It was seven hundred and fifty to win three thousand nine hundred and five. It didn't hit because Brady got whitewashed. Then we put a hundred. That's the round robin. Seven fifty. Oh, that is. You're right. Hold on. Uh, it was seven fifty right, on a right. round robin. I apologize, Jesus. That's enough slices. Okay, so it was seven fifty. It was two fifty on each round robin. So I, 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 it was on two separate spots. I'm sorry. So we had two hundred fifty on the Giants and Jags, two hundred fifty on the Giants and Tampa, and two hundred fifty on Tampa and the Jags. If all three were to hit, it would have been seven fifty for three thousand nine hundred and five. But it didn't all hit. Because Tampa got whitewashed. Here we go. Now we're all caught up to speed. The Giants and Jaguars did, in fact, hit. It took 
a borderline baby miracle that yeah. we all saw coming. I don't know how you describe that, but we win $1,347. So we lost a little, we won a little, and then we close out the whole betting week with a $100 on alt lines, which was Cincy minus 12 and a half, which I don't think that covered, right? No, no they didn't even cover the regular right. line. They, they won cover. by seven. Uh, Giants minus two and a half. Uh, that did cover, and then Tampa minus two and a half. It didn't cover, so whatever. We lost that. That was a hundred to win eleven hundred ninety nine. Now, all that throughout that whole mishmash, we ended up up exactly thirteen forty seven minus seven fifty five hundred ninety seven dollars on top of the four twenty eight four twenty eight. We're up. We are up one thousand twenty five dollars wow. for the year. Headed into the Divisional round. Just a fucking few short weeks ago, we were minus five fifty five hundred. It wasn't possible, was it? But it is. But it is possible. So what we'll do now, up one thousand twenty five dollars, is we'll go through the divisional rounds, kind of say our picks and what we think, and then we will do uh, our bets and we'll spend our thousand. So away we go. Chiefs Jaguars. Chiefs Jaguars. First one, yeah. That will be Saturday at four fifteen. 4.30. What's the spread nowadays? The current spread? Be eight and a half. Minus wow. eight and a half. And the over-under is? 53. Okay. Um, yeah. Here's how I see this going. The Chiefs are going to win this game. I want to say handedly they're going to win this game, but they will not cover eight and a half points. Because what the, Chiefs do, what the Chiefs do is that they just do not cover these games. I think it's going to be very close up until halftime. Chiefs will start taking away a little bit, and then, like you're saying, Jags will slowly kind of chip, and then it won't matter in the end, realistically. I think that's what's going to happen. What I will say, and I did say on Tuesday, is if Trevor Lawrence comes out and throws four interceptions in the first half, it's a blowout. They're yeah. not coming back on the Chiefs no, the way that not. they came back on the Chargers. Not what Christian uh, I want to say over 53 and a half as I well. I also want to say over 53 and a half. Yeah, that feels safe, I think. So this I'm could gonna, be twenty one twenty one by half. Realistically. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. Like, I'm gonna circle that, and we're gonna, we're gonna move on. What, what about you? Do, do you agree? Jack's cover. Don't love the spread. I'm not gonna be honest. I don't love it. Yeah. Because, like you said, I think if Trevor throws two picks, they don't cover. I'm not saying he will. I think he got the I got the I think he got the yips now. Playoff yips out. But. Put put a little asterisk next to this game because you know what eight and a half is tailor made for. Uh, right. Could, Six point T's. You get that down to two and a half. I right. mean, they might not win by nine, but they'll win by three. They should. They should win by three. Yeah. So we put that in the teaser basket and we see what happens. If it comes down to a field goal, the, the final score was 35 32. You heard it here first. You know what I'm saying? If it comes yeah. down to that, they're way over if it comes yeah. down to a field goal. Uh, Saturday, Saturday night, night, our boys, the G Men, your boys. I'm just uh, by association here. Yeah. What Traveling right to now? Philly. Minus seven and a half. So, so no uh, movement. Over 48. Yeah, don't love the over-under. Yeah, I feel like this game might be a, f- a dogfight, honestly. I what do you know. want me to tell you? Giants cover. I don't know. Mm. Uh, if the Giants win this game, they probably don't go over. If the Giants win this game, it's like a 17-13, 17-16 kind of a like situation. A the way the Giants win this game is they they got to fucking grind it out on, on offense, on, on the running game specifically. Saquon scores a touchdown, and they contain this elite Philadelphia weaponry that they have on offense. One thing that we think we might have going for us is Jalen Hurts has an injury to the throwing shoulder. 
If I'm the Giants, I, I want to entice Jalen Hurts to run the football. And it does seem like they're downplaying the shoulder injury a little bit. Uh, yes, yeah, almost like too much. They're very much downplaying the shoulder injury. So it's all interesting. I'm going Giants plus seven and a half. Maybe Giants money line. But I'm going that. Giants money line. Dude, put it in my veins, dude. Yeah, I'm thinking Saturday's action is fucking Chiefs money line, Giants money line. That's what I'm thinking. I'm doing sending that and then going on going to dinner. (laughs) I'll I'll find out on the train ride home at 11 o'clock at night. So we're all good on the over under. We don't love this. Don't love it. All right, we'll move on. Because if it's if the Eagles win, it could be fucking 35 to 10, 35 14. If the Giants win, I don't see them winning one of these games. I it's see like them seventeen to fourteen. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it. What, what um, what's the next game in order? Next is going to be Bengals Bills. Yeah. All right, Bengals Bills. It is plus five right now. Plus five and a half. Yeah. Minus five. Yeah. Bills are minus five and a half. Yeah. Over under is forty eight and a half. I'm gonna go last on this one. Okay. You want me to go first? Uh. Yeah. Go ahead. Going Bengals money line. Yeah, I don't know. And um, uh, the majority of the bets and handles are on the Bengals, but just the line keeps moving reverse. So reverse line movement, which means either there's major money being put down on the Buffalo Bills, you know, million dollar bets, mm-hmm. or well, yeah, go ahead. Or or Vegas knows something that we don't. Two people put in big bets on the Bengals today, a 90K and a 100,000K. And it didn't move it. Did it move it? Well, did it move it? It would have gone down. I'm not down. sure. I, yeah, I, no, I it would have gone down. Left work. It's um, reverse line moving up. It should be moving down. I like the Bengals plus five and a half. Like, this should close Honestly. at four or four and a half. Make it make sense. Because at some point, everybody's going to take the Bengals plus five and a half. Right. So, Bengals plus five and a half and money line. I like, but what gets lost in the sauce with the with the very unfortunate Demar Hamlin situation is that the Bengals were on their way to kicking the shit out of the Bills. It was seven to three. Seven to three, but they were the Bills had two drives. The Bills had two drives. The Bengals were just getting the kickoff for their second drive of the night when the Demar Hamlin injury happened. So it was stop, drive down the field, touchdown. Drive, 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 stop him, hold him to a field goal, get the ball back. Yeah. They were well on their way to this game being 14-3 to at some point, you know, around the end of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So that, for one thing. Number two, I already said Tuesday and Thursday that I think the Bengals are my pick to go all the way. Number three, the Bills turn over the ball at an alarming rate. Josh Allen has 22 turnovers. Josh Allen has 22 turnovers, I believe, this season, and I think it's close to 40 over his last 20 games going back into last season. But what's shocking, if so, I don't know if someone could pull this up, the Bills have all of these turnovers and Josh Allen has all of these turnovers, but I think he's right. In, in terms of interceptions, he's right around the homes. Like I don't think he's not like leading the league in interceptions, but if the fumbles are an issue, with him and you're saying with and him uh, and the with Allen fumbling the ball, he mm-hmm. had a bad I mean two bad turnovers in the Miami game that kept it close. If Tua or even Ty, um not Tyrod Teddy Bridgewater played this game last week, we might not even be talking about the Bills today, the way that they played that game. This season, when the Buffalo Bills have three or more turnovers. It's happened, I believe, in four games this year. I got it up. Do you yeah, know what yeah, the... You just got it up. You have it. Yep. David Mills led the league with 15 interceptions. Yep. Dak had 15. 
Josh Allen had 14. Okay, so he is right at the top. And, so I was wrong. Sorry. And, and I have and, Josh Allen at 16. Unless they're counting. That might just be regular season. He yeah, threw two yeah. on Saturday yeah, this yeah, be or on Sunday. Season. But, yeah, Mahomes has 12. So really yeah. So I believe it's four games that they've played this year where they had three or more turnovers, the Bills, on offense. Do you want to take a stab at what their record is in those games? Say it again. What was the question? Uh, three three plus turnovers. I th- it's either four or five games they've had three plus turnovers. What's their record? No wins. One win. No. I'm sorry. I did not hear how you pronounce it. Oh, it's either the last four games or the last five games. Not the last. Three plus turnovers for the Bills this season. Either four or five games they've had this year that have had three plus turnovers. What's their record in those games? I would have to assume one and three. If it's four games, they're three and one. If it's five games, they're four and one. I can't remember which one of those it is. The buck has to stop, dude. You don't turn over the ball three plus times in the NFL and consistently win football games. Not against the Bengals. Not against the game. Not with the considering the game that they played last week. Not against Joe Burrow. Joe Breezy is going to make you pay. Bengals money line. Over. 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 I'm like admiring this guy right now. I'm just getting lost in the sauce here. Who are you admiring? Fucking, I'm comparing Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts. This guy's a And Jalen Hurts, now that I saw it. Bootlicker, dude. Jalen Hurts only had six interceptions all year. I was like, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel Jones only had five. I was like, damn, that's even that's better. That's one better. <laughs> and then I was now like, let's talk touchdowns. Now let's talk yards. Don't don't do it's that. It's only dude. seven. Don't do that, hold dude. On, hold on. It's seven more touchdowns. Bengals money line just it, moved up ten. Well, it was two ten. Now it's a two twenty. Yeah, so it's gonna jump again. Uh, Bro, Giants. It's Bengals, only it's dogs, it's baby. less than five hundred yards that Jalen Hurts has thrown more for, and he has Devontae Smith and AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard. He didn't have him the whole year, Dallas Goddard. But he ha- played in two less games. I get it. He's got two All Pro, at least one All Pro, and he's got an All Pro offensive lineman, and he's got Miles Sanders who gets. And they have a they have a top top three running game. Right. So fuck out of here. That bullshit. All right. Last game. Here we go. I'm ready now. I'm really ready for Saturday. <laughs> After this baby After bird, this baby bird, Jalen Hurts. I have to take this man down. Jesus Christ, bro. Fear no man besides Gardner Minshew. I don't want him in the game. Last game. <laughs> Fucking San Fran, Dallas. What's the spread, Brian? Uh, minus four. And the over-under is 46. All right. Until they prove me otherwise, I got I to gotta take San Fran covering. That's San right. Fran minus four. Yeah. That, look, they played a very good game, the Cowboys, on Monday night against a, the worst playoff team in, in, in the whole tournament. A team that probably arguably shouldn't have made it. But this happens every four or five years. We get a division winner that's not that good. It's the life of the NFL. That's the best game of Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott's career that he played. He played the best game of his career. Yeah. Right or wrong. Kellen Moore was on fire with the play calls. I mean, the Buccaneers defense didn't know what the fuck was going on. They were like, what? Where, where are we? Where, they had no idea. They were lost. If they're going to win this game... Dak Prescott needs to best himself and play the new best game of his career on Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers defense. That is just ripping and tearing. Talk about offensive versatility. There's no better 
display of offensive versatility than what the 49ers have going on right now. And big cock Brock looks the part, and they might have to have a little quarterback conversation at the end of the year. I I just don't see it happening. I think, Sam, if the Giants win, I will be pulling for the Cowboys, but I will not be placing my money on them. That is for damn sure. Never. Cowboys, almost similar to the Jets in the fact that you uh, you don't fucking bet on them, you know. Like you don't put all your eggs in, in the in the cowboy or the jet basket. Forgot what somebody said in, in comparison to the Cowboys and the Jets. I think it was how long it was like they how long it was since they won a second playoff game or something like that. The thing about the Cowboys to me was last week there were so many three and outs by the Buccaneers. That it wasn't, it was they, like they never, like the Cowboys never had to like reset or let up on offense. Right. Like they had a good drive, a really long, nice drive. Great. Bucks go three and out. They're right back into it. You're So there was no punch back till it was far too late from the Buccaneers. In this game, it's not going to be like that. Even if Dak plays a great game, the 49ers are going to punch back. And yeah. They you know that's different. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're it's not like you're up, you know, 21 whatever, 24 it was, right? Cuz you missed all the extra points. 24. Yeah. Nothing and you're having fun and you're getting the ball back and now Tampa's pressing and they're like we got to make a so we have to make a play now. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be a grinded game where for now it's like, "All right, we're going to beat you up." So yeah. you can do what you want. We're going to beat you up. We're about you to know? Run this and, ball 60. Right. So and yeah. and Micah Parsons is great. I think you said it on Tuesday. Is second best might be the second best defensive football player ever to live. Second or third, yeah. Um, that pass rush is going to be a whole heck of a lot slower getting to Brock Purdy when you line up with fucking McCaffrey and Juice in the backfield, and then you shift to Juice out wide, Debo in the backfield, McCaffrey in the tight slot, and then you still have Ayuk and you have George Kittle on the other end. The pass rush, which is Dallas's number one strength on both sides of the ball, in my opinion, is going to be slowed down, just in, based off of scheme alone. So. And they're going to be running a lot against the 49ers. Yeah. It's be a lot of also, remember, Kittle is probably, without a shadow of a doubt, the best blocking tight end who has any sort of weaponry skill set in a very long time. Like there are well, not probably he's definitely there's there, there, there's there's non-threatening tight ends from a passing perspective that block well, but no one blocks as well as he does and is still a threat like he is. And watch those chips and him taking off. He'll just flat out stay in. Or you know what I'm saying on delays though. Yeah, absolutely all yeah. day. But anyway, all right. So we got we got the consensus here. All right, we got a thousand dollars spent. We're up a thousand twenty-five. So let's do it. Let's just spend it. Giants Bengals. Yeah, Giants Bengals. Money line parlay. Five hundred dollars. You gotta give me it. Together real quick. Right. I mean, it's gotta be. Plus We're... 748. So it's gonna be, uh, whatever sixty two forty minus five hundred. So what is that? Seventeen. Uh, fifty seven forty. Fifty seven forty. Yeah. No, I would suggest six pointees. Kansas City, bring them down to two and a half. Bring the Giants up to plus fucking 13 and a half. 
There's no way they lose this game by two touchdowns, right? I mean, there's a way, but there's a way. There's a way, but and then should we tease down the over in the Buffalo Bengal game? Because well, there's not well, really how a, much did you want to put on that? I mean, uh, let's do a hundred on guess them all. Like parlay, just straight, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just money lines, money lines. Guess all four just of them. Get them all right. All right. right. So I mean, Kansas City, right? Yep. Cincinnati. Since. Giants, San Fran. Is that the consensus? That yeah. Give me that, Brian, for a hundred. So we're gonna still have four hundred to play with here. Yeah. <clears throat> so that parlay is gonna be plus four thousand forty four. How much are we putting on that? Hundred. One hundred. One hundred is gonna net us four thousand forty four, right? Four thousand one hundred and forty four. But four thousand is the parlay. The one hundred is the yeah. All right, can I just propose can I just propose something possibly possibly silly? I mean, it's all silly. Possibly a little silly. Um the game to watch, the Saturday night game, the you know, the battle of South Jersey going on. Mm -hmm. There's a player on one of these teams who is rather pedestrian for most of his career. However, when he plays the team he's playing on he Saturday night, <laughs> he crushes them. Yeah, Barry Sanders, like Boston Scott, giant killer, 17 total touchdowns, career, 10 against the Giants, and I believe that's in eight games total. Eight games total, I think. Um, West scored seven, six touchdowns in his last six appearances against the Giants. He's plus 370. You won't do it. Brian won't do it. I won't contribute to it. I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it, but I hate it, but I'll do it. I mean, I love it. I do love it. He's going to score. I mean, he's going to score. Might as well make some money on it, dude. He's going to score. Just a little C note. Just a little 100 to win 370. Dude, I'm so confident he's going to score. I'll put all 1,000 on it. I mean, we're not going to put all 1,000 on it. That's so confident. Brian's like, I feel like this is sacrilegious. I would be happy if we lose that bet. Yeah, maybe we won't win. Because fuck Boston Scott. Sorry, he's a good football player, but he's not really that good. He's all right. He's great against the Giants. He's an okay football player. I mean, he's better than me. I I don't want to. No disrespect, Boston Scott. You're better than me. That's for sure. So I was thinking about going anytime Toddy's running backs. That's what got me to Boston Scott. Because I was thinking, because I was thinking McCaffrey, Saquon, and that's when I got to. Boston Scott, um, which maybe I'm like, we're not going to do that in the parlay. If anything, we do that on their own. But I like Saquon, McCaffrey, Mixon. Mixon hasn't gotten his, his little booty in the end zone lately. Okay, He's due. Round robin? Uh, you want to round robin them? I mean, do we? <laughs> I don't think there's enough plus side to it. Yeah, yeah. It'd have to be three separate $100 parlays. It still has enough. You know what I'm saying? If it's, but I'm saying if yeah, because they take those pictures at the start of every year. Yeah, it's just funny because he's got the Panthers get up on your saying yeah. still. Yeah, that parlay is plus five eighty five for McCaffrey, Barkley, and uh, Mixon. I don't know what you're planning on putting on it. All right, we have what three hundred left. Yeah. 
So you want to just put a hundred on it? Yeah, hundred for what? Five eighty-five. So that would be. And this is my proposal for the remaining two hundred. Okay, go ahead. Giants money line. Straight up, you crazy bitch! All right, I'm in. Crazy. So what are they? Two, plus two twenty. Two ninety. Two ninety. Wait, hold on. I'll get this straight up. So that's gonna be five eighty. Yeah. God damn. Okay, here we go. Little recap for you. We got a Christian McCaffrey, a Saquon Barkley, and a Joe Mixon. Anytime touchdown parlay. It's one hundred to win five hundred and eighty-five dollars. We have a hundred dollars on a Boston Scott anytime touchdown to win three hundred and seventy dollars. We have two hundred on the New York Giant money line to win five hundred eighty dollars. We also have one hundred on the just get them right parlay of the week. Four games, just get them right. Who wins? We got KC, we got Cincinnati, we got Giants, and we got San Francisco. That's a hundred to win four thousand. And 41. And honestly, you know, real life talking, that's not that bad. 4000 bucks for that is not that bad for to risking 100 Just saying. It's worth not having lunch next week. I'm just saying. If it loses, dude, that's worth skipping a meal. Or, or no, you can't do that because you'd, you'd have to win the big one first before you could, put, you know, early cash out. But anyway. And then the last one, $500 on the New York Giant money line and the Cincinnati Bengal money line. To win $5,740. We are up $1,025 right now. Major potential to probably vault ourselves in. I mean, if everything hits, plus $10,000 range. Plus I mean, 10, fuck, dude, range. that's been the plan for 20 straight weeks now. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> we were down to minus $5,000. We let dug me, out and then we went back down and then we dug let, back out, dude. Let me make it clear. I don't make bets that I think aren't going to hit. I do make bets that I hope aren't going to hit, like the Boston Scott yeah. touchdown. These things happen. You know, I'm not going to make that in my own in my own betting, you know, Boston Scott touchdown. Or I maybe might. I will. I just might, dude. I just maybe, fucking might. Maybe I maybe I will cuz usually my bets don't hit. So maybe if I do that, maybe I'll take every eagle to score. <laughs> Brian, what do you think? 5 bucks on every eagle to score. I'm either going to be up money or be happy and be down a little bit. Not a big, not a, not a big dilemma there, you know. I uh, I feel good. I feel okay. I'm a little nervous. This guy says he's gonna put five dollars on every eagle to score. Jason Kelsey, <laughs> especially him. I'll put ten dollars on him. I feel good. I feel good. I think uh, you're gonna have to pronounce him for me. Uh, Aziz. Uh, Aziz Ojolari. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's pretty easy. Uh, not really. Ojolari. You have trouble with? Yeah. I have trouble with a lot of the names. Anyway. This guy has trouble with Steven, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Steven. Anyway, we need him to play. What if they have a He's PH? questionable. Can't say it like that. Stefan. 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 Gotcha. Um, we need him to play. We really need him to play. Yeah. Because he's going to be the guy that contains Hurts. He's questionable right now. He left the game at halftime, right? That's yeah. Hamstring, so right? Quad, quad, something like that. Yeah, he's the only But he was saying he was good. And now he's they're saying questionable, but he, he was walking like with a slight limp after the game, but then the next day he was fine. So, I mean, whatever. We'll see. Still got a couple more days. Barkley's got to continue to be that guy. 
Daniel Jones has to continue to be that guy. Got to keep Hurts off the field mm-hmm. as much as you can. And Dory Jackson, you know, the matchup doesn't get easier. I mean, it gets a little easier, I guess, but not Darius really. Slay makes me nervous, um, for sure. For sure. I guess, but we don't even have good receivers. Well, that's why it makes me so, nervous. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if, if I told you Darius Slay holds, holds Darius Slayton to two catches for 12 yards, right. does that mean we lose the game? No. No. Yeah. But if you, but yeah, but if you say that Jay Jetto is going to be held to two catches, twelve yards, you're like, there's no way the Vikings won. Yeah. And also, like, Darius Slay's very good player. He's not him, dude. He's older now. He's not. He's on the wrong side of thirty. He plays one side of the field for the most part. It's not like we're talking 2009. Darrell Revis is going to be out there following around. 2022 Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Even that though, Gardner don't follow guys really. Not a lot. Well, I'm saying, but yeah, so you don't like, want to see him. You know what I mean? It's not like Darius Slay is going to be a guy, schematically, who is designed to shut one option off all game. He's going to be playing his side of the field and, you know, doing Galladay, what he does. Galladay yeeting him in the last <laughs> play of the game, or one of the last plays where he scored that touchdown. Yeah. And then Galladay making that block last week. I'm telling you guys, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> Before he does something? It's only a matter of time until he wakes up and... Does even if it's one catch, one you know, one catch, eight yards, a touchdown. It's only a matter of time till they're like, nah, dude. balls, balls on their own forty-eight yard line. Two, a minute fifty-eight left, third and four, and he makes a catch two yards shy of the first down line, and then stretches and gets it there, dude. And the drive. And they're like, they're line. like touchdown by. Yeah. Is that no, 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 no touchdown, dude. Oh, oh, oh. No touchdown. He just barely down. gets the first down. Just oh. hustles it out. Oh, the, the okay, line. yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I'm saying I think he contributes positively again in this game. I, I do. I do. I think he does. We're well into the season. We started this show this season fucking 20-some-odd episodes ago. Daniel Jones is trash. <laughs> Kenny Galladay is a fucking trash can. I would rather have a jugs machine and a traffic cone than Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay. Now here we are. Like Daniel Jones is, has arrived. We're ready to give him $50 million a year. He's fucking him, dude. And I'm positive of it, even though he hasn't played all year, Kenny Galladay is going to be impactful against the Eagles. So what a whirlwind of a year it's been. I'm just going to say this, and this is how I'm going to end the show. It would be very giant to have Kenny Galladay catch a touchdown in this game. I'm just, look, this is, this is a fact. If Brian Dable doesn't win Coach of the Year, I truthfully don't know what it takes to win Coach of the Year. It would be nearly impossible. Peterson has a good case. That's about it. He has a good case. He does. Peterson has a good case for it. Other than that. I mean. Giants went farther in the playoffs, though. No. No, not yet. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. No, no, yeah. So, I, I I guess he does have a good case. I guess you're right. He does. He also has... The self, not the self-proclaimed, but the the worldwide proclaimed future at quarterback, like just you know the knight in shining armor. Right. He does have right. him. Right. You know, and he does have who much who? more talent on wide receiver. Right. I mean, Christian Kirk, they say is is the real deal. Right. Right. I mean, the Giants do not have a Christian Kirk. Absolutely no. not. Not even have a Zay Jones. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they had an Evan Ingram. Imagine if they had a guy like Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Now? Imagine if the Giants had a guy like Evan Ingram, dude. Yeah. Damn. Oh, <laughs> God. Whatever. Go Big Blue. Go G-Men. Go Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. <laughs> We're brought to you by House of Havoc Podcasting, Tiger Pack Productions, Stay Thirsty Company, Sacha De Niro.
Justin's Chop Shop in West Hampton Beach, and Dino Skate Park. Peace out. Stay tuned.